linking climate science to low carbon business. We just asked a very simple question, which was, are we collectively taking climate change seriously enough? And almost to a person, the answer was no. Getting to know the Azores High. Despite their diminutive size, the Azores are synonymous with a powerful and dominant atmospheric pattern. And all change for the end of February. Plenty of fine weather this weekend, thanks to the Azores High. It's Friday the 26th of February and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and this is Weathersnap an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. The need to switch to a low-carbon future presents a number of challenges for the business sector. The 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, adopted by UN member states in 2015, establishes a number of sustainability goals. One of those, known as Goal 13, aims to accelerate climate transition and reduce emissions within the commercial sector. As part of a collaboration between the Met Office, Deloitte and other organisations, a new online resource has been launched called the Goal 13 Impact Platform. The platform provides help and information to the business community. To learn more, I spoke to Sam Baker of Deloitte. What we're trying to do is to create some transparency around what organisations are doing at the moment. This is trying to create an open, free-to-access repository of climate action. And the reason we're doing that is really to encourage people to learn from each other, but then also collaborate. We talk about race to zero. Do you think organisations and companies have an understanding about the enormity of the climate change issue? It differs massively by scale of organisation, by sector and indeed by country. If you took oil and gas, it would be staggering to find somebody at the top of an oil and gas business which isn't thinking 24-7 about this, trying to figure out their role and their position. If you took a smaller, medium-sized enterprise who perhaps is thinking about COVID and survival, they might think twice about that. And they might think, well, you know, I've already had a quick go at sustainability. I care about my local community. Is this really something which is critical to me? Yes or no? There are some very, very strong and important drivers for people to get this, understand it, and take it really, really seriously. At the same time, we did a panel two weeks ago at something called the Malta Sustainability Forum, relatively international. And at the beginning of the panel, we just asked a very simple question, which was, are we collectively taking climate change seriously enough? And almost to a person, the answer was no. How much do you think climate science has enabled progress? And what do you think we can do better as a climate community, as scientists to inspire What else can we do? It's a very delicate balance because I do understand that science isn't necessarily always consistent. It's it's sort of a balance of evidence, etc. And so trying to bring that into a way which is palatable and understandable and yet can flex as new science comes on, as new findings. So we've got a sort of consistent framework. We've got a way of tying up science all the way down to an individual and, and what gives them agency. So they don't have to absorb know the 10 PhDs of the person at the top of the climate pile but what they can do is absorb the concepts and be confident because that work has gone on somewhere else by somebody else who's profoundly qualified to do so. Sam Baker of Deloitte. In global weather news 
Zimbabwe and Zambia continue to struggle with high levels of rain, despite having recently emerged from one of the worst droughts on record. After dried out boreholes and depleted lakes leading to hydropower shortages, the countries are now beset with torrential rain and flash floods. La Nina has been the main contributing factor, driving heavy monsoonal rains across the region, and conditions look set to continue into next week, with thunderstorms expected across Zimbabwe, Zambia and central Mozambique, leading to further severe impacts from torrential rain. Closer to the UK, somewhat kinder conditions are currently occurring as the Azores High extends northwards. To explain what an Azores High actually is, here's meteorologist Helen Roberts. Viewed from space, the nine islands that make up the Azores are tiny specks in a vast North Atlantic Ocean. Situated to the west of Portugal, they are dwarfed by the neighbouring land masses of Europe and North Africa. Despite their diminutive size, the Azores are synonymous with a powerful and dominant atmospheric pattern. As a result of temperature contrast between the poles and equator, heat is transferred poleward, but due to the spin of the Earth, this atmospheric circulation is interrupted. The Azores High is a semi-permanent area of high pressure centred above the islands, and as with all high-pressure systems, or anticyclones, the air is descending, so tends to bring calm and fairly quiet weather conditions. During winter months, high pressure can lead to cold, murky days in the UK, while in summer, although there's no guarantee of blue skies and sunshine, they do bring drier conditions. The Azores High exerts a strong influence on the weather and climate patterns across Europe and North America. It's immense size dictating the track of low pressure systems and at times even skewing the path of the jet stream. Despite the name, the Azores High isn't chained to the Azores and the system can move around. In summer months, the whole system can build towards the poles, extending towards Iberia and Northwest Europe. This movement can occur at other times throughout the year, and when it does, the change to temporary high pressure conditions can bring welcome respite from otherwise wet and windy weather. That was Helen Roberts. So how does this translate to weather across the UK? Here with the outlook, Aidan McGiven. Plenty of fine weather this weekend, thanks to the Azores High, there will be one or two exceptions. There's a weather front moving into northwestern parts of the UK during Friday night and that will lead to some wet weather across western and southern Scotland as well as a few spots of rain for Northern Ireland first thing Saturday. But the rain quickly eases, the cloud moves into northern England by the afternoon and it brightens up for Scotland and Northern Ireland. Elsewhere further south it looks like it will be a frosty and in some places foggy start to Saturday but plenty of sunny spells and feeling warm in that sunshine in many places by the afternoon with light winds and temperatures getting up to 11 to 13 Celsius and perhaps 14 in London and eastern Scotland. Sunday's looking similar. There will be some areas of low cloud, mist and fog around first thing. Also another frosty start. But by the afternoon, many places seeing sunny spells. High pressure still with us next week. That means it's going to stay largely dry but there will be more cloud around on Monday and it will begin to turn less mild. Thanks, Aidan. Just before we go, here's Martin Bowles with last week's highs and lows. 
Here are the highs and lows for last week, recorded between Monday the 15th of February and Sunday the 21st of February. The highest air temperature was at Weybourne on the Norfolk coast on Sunday when 15.9 Celsius was recorded. Shortly after this value was reached, an unusually early sea breeze formed and the temperature dropped to 8 Celsius only 20 minutes later. That 15.9 figure is around 9 degrees higher than average for the time of year and was all the more remarkable because the daytime maximum in the same spot just nine days earlier was 0.8 Celsius as heavy snow fell. Very few places froze last week, but a minimum of minus 0.7 Celsius was recorded at Fivey Castle in Aberdeenshire on Wednesday the 17th. The sunniest place wasn't far from there. Kinloss on the Morrey Firth had 7.9 hours of sunshine on Tuesday the 16th. Heavy rainfall was recorded on many western hills during the week. The highest daily amount was 70.0 millimetres at Libanus in Powys. Thanks, Martin. That's it for Weathersnap. I'm Claire Nazir and the producer is Adrian Holloway. Weathersnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.